Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host, as always, here on Thursdays and sometimes on Tuesdays, Colton Geschwantner. I hope that you are enjoying yourself on this wonderful Thursday, October the 12th of 2017, or whatever day you are listening to the podcast. I hope that you're having yourself a great time. Today on episode 3, we have the Screaming Females from New Brunswick, New Jersey. We were recently joined by Marissa, Mike, and Jared of the Screaming Females, and we talked to them about how they ended up meeting and how they formed the band, what their songwriting process is like and how they wrote the song Black Moon, and we're also going to talk to them about their current tour with Street Eater and how that's going. But before we get to that, we have a few other things to get to, like letting you know what our book review of the week is this week. Our book review of the week this week is Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. It is a very good read, and I enjoyed it very much. Well, it was more of a listen for me, as I had to audiobook it for what was my first audiobooking ever. And I must say, I kind of enjoyed the audiobook experience, and it is something I might have to do more often with how much I'm on the road. It helped out a lot, and considering all my books are packed since I'm moving in five days to Kamloops, that's right, five days till the big move, all my books are packed up, so having options like audiobooks definitely helps out when you're getting to your book review of the week. I am a huge fan and I am probably going to have to continue using those here and there, especially next week when I'm going to be driving because there's no other way I'm going to get a book review done during that time. So without wasting any more of your time, let's get into our song of the day. And before we get into our song of the day, we need to let you know how to apply to be the song of the day. So if you are a band looking to get your music out there and want to be played on one of the shows in which we do not have a musical guest, you can email us here at DesertTigerPodcast at Desert.Tiger.Podcast at gmail.com with a small description of your band and a link to your song. Once again, that is Desert dot tiger dot podcast at gmail.com with a small description of your band and a link to your song our song of the day today comes to us from the screaming females who are also our interview and the screaming females like i said earlier are from new brunswick new jersey and they are a hard rock slash hard punk band with six full-length albums, two EPs, and their recent release, the single Black Moon, which is going to be our song of the day. You're going to hear about what created Black Moon later on in the show, so I hope you enjoy the song, and I hope you enjoy the interview, which we're going to get into right after Black Moon by the Screaming Females.
Alright, we're here with the Screaming Females from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Could you please introduce who you are and what you play in the band? My name's Jarrett, I play drums. My name is Mike and I play the bass. My name's Marissa and I play guitar and sing. Okay, how did you guys end up meeting and how long have you been a band? Uh, I have known Mike for most of my life. We went to school together and we started a band when Mike was in high school and right before I left to go to college um, called Surgery on TV. Um, we started hanging out in high school and playing music together in this after-school club that was creatively called Music Club. <laughs> and then uh, I, I didn't go very far to go to college, just like a 30-minute drive, um, 45 minutes. Uh, so uh, at Rutgers University. And that's where I met Jarrett, who was helping what was to become a bunch of mutual friends put out like a local comp through the university and I had two songs on that comp and uh, when I went to go pick up my copy of the compilation Jarrett introduced himself and said he played drums and I was like oh you should be in my band. Awesome how did you guys <laughs> end up settling on the name the Screaming Females? There's no the. Oh how did sorry. you end up, sorry, <laughs> sorry. how did you end up settling on the name Screaming Females? We, we had a show booked at the uh, house like in New Brunswick and we didn't have a band name yet so then there was like a book of contemporary poetry on Jarrett's coffee table and I think we just like wrote a bunch of stuff down until one of them seemed mm. to be good enough to put on the flyer mm. so we didn't really put that much thought into it which is probably the best way to come up with a band name yeah for sure I was kind of uh, interested in that, considering there was no screaming and there was only one actual female in the band. They're screaming. <laughs> it's a, well, some screaming, <laughs> yeah. It's more of a concept, whereas uh, it's like, a, I think it's an interesting concept, and it can be, it's ambiguous enough that you can get personal meaning out of it, which it seems very few people do, because they just assume it to be literal. But I, it's confusing to me, because often other bands are not literal, names like mm -hmm. talking heads have bodies and aren't just heads the people in the band <laughs> it's true it's very true okay so what is your guys' song pr writing process like and how has it changed over your four full-length albums as well as your new single black moon we usually uh just get together and kind of mess around until something sticks and then we say that was cool do it <laughs> four times and then try doing something else after that and then it kind of turns into a song every once in a while marissa might come to practice with a song already done well, that we sometimes we get wild and it's three times rearrange <laughs> yeah sometimes it's three times Seven sometimes times. it's six times yeah it's it's not always four but four <laughs> is like four is like the starting point you know yeah, you four or eight four or eight yeah sets of four yeah sets sometimes, of four makes a lot of sense sometimes you drop in a fifth one Mm -hmm. To kind of like it's called throw a fake a out. listener for <laughs> for a little loop, you yeah. Know? Or mm -hmm. like if you have one at the beginning that's just like drums and bass, or it's just guitar, then you have to figure out if that one counts or not. Yeah, like giving away all the secrets. Or if you if you're doing <laughs> mostly sets, if you're doing mostly sets of four, and you want to like create a, a sense of unease with the listener, sometimes you'll drop in a set of three. And it okay. leaves this incomplete feeling. It kind of mm -hmm. invokes a certain emotion. Kind of steals or, that last bar, sort of. Yeah, thing. like yeah. leaves you it like, you know, you, you're latched onto this this pattern of hearing things in four. All of a, all of a sudden, you hear just three of them, and it moves on to the next thing. And you're left expecting and more. Maybe the lyrics more. are are something that uh, might be 
despondent or sad or, you know, might be a song about feeling incomplete, then all of a sudden the structure of the actual song, instrumentation of the song is incomplete and it kind of ties the whole idea together. My mind is blown. That was a really good answer. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the idea behind Black Moon then? Like lyrically and energetically, I guess, like instrumentation. Uh, energetically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we, we were writing like the music before we were any lyrics or anything. We were talking about Elevan vacation a lot, which is probably probably seems weird in retrospect um, listening to it now, but um, the chorus is definitely like. I think still recalls vacation. They're yeah, from the, Ohio. The chorus sounds like vacation. Yeah, we went on like a really big tour with them, and, and just had like the best time. And so, I, they're one of my favorite. Ba- I mean, the, all of our, yeah. one of our favorite bands. So uh, that was what we were thinking about musically, for certain passages in and the, the song. And the verse not was the like a thing. big open sort of sort of like metal sound, is what I was yeah. envisioning. Even mm-hmm. though it's definitely not a metal riff, but. Yeah, opening something, something more like uh, like early Queens like of the Stone, Stone Age, Age or something, mm-hmm. like okay. desert psych metal. Yeah, um, but also <coughs> that song was one of the ones that Marissa brought in with like some kind of set ideas already that were actually like terribly confusing to work with because of this weird feel change. So that was one of the the things that like we were able to work on as a as a unit to really link these different sections that she had really cool sections already built to try to like form them into a whole which is kind of like a big part of what I think uh, our songwriting process is about rather than just be like okay that's weird we're like let's let's work on it and make sure we can make these two different sections that are already really good fit together mm-hmm. and then just like adding in like a little bit of um, at some point I don't know who did it it might have been the way the riff was written to begin with but uh, there's a lot of off uh, beat things where it hits on the on like the and of one I believe it mm-hmm. is instead of on one so we take that riff do it that way and then we do it more straight ahead where it actually hits on the one okay. and that kind of stuff is the things that make something that you're going to do dozens of times during a song become more interesting just that little bit of change to kind of grab somebody's ear and pull them along we're switching from an eighth note to a sixteenth note Mm -hmm. and between sections to kind of open it up or or tighten it up yeah to sort of quicken a pace or sort of slow it down or draw it out a bit more yeah for sure Uh, what are some of your favorite songs that you guys have written personally (laughs) and why my favorite song we wrote was called uh, Henry's Embryo. <laughs> it was the first song that we ever wrote uh, as a band. And we wrote it really, really quickly. Uh, and it felt like something special when the three of us wrote a song for the first time. You kind of could really feel that it was something that could continue on and just felt like a good moment to you. Yeah, I'd never been in a band before, really. I'd like written song, uh, written songs with friends before, um, and we at the time had been playing with some other people uh, in their old band that I kind of temporarily joined. Um, and then one day we ended up having practice with just the three of us, and it was kind of an instant feel of how we were sort of locked in together. Hmm. So yeah, it was a lot easier. How about yourselves? Good answer. 
I don't yeah, know we'll if I have that. a favorite. Okay. It would. I would have to just think about it. All right. You guys are currently. Hey, yeah, I have to think about it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Thinking's just too hard, yeah. especially when you're a touring musician. <laughs> There's way too much else going on, right? There's actually yeah. nothing going on. Most There's of the a lot time. going on in the weathering in the moors. Yeah, dude, this weathering heights. I'm like halfway through it, and there's a lot of shit going down <laughs> right now. Yeah, you guys are currently uh, in the middle of a thirty-some date tour. How's that going? So far, so good. Uh, it's a lot colder here than than I had planned than I had packed for. Me too. Yeah, fall kind of hit pretty hard here. <laughs> That's okay though. Yeah, we're going south after this. Yeah, well, we got across the border today yeah. successfully. Well, that's always a good feeling. Yeah, have I mean, you guys been in Canada before? Yeah, the last time that we tried to come to Regina, actually, uh, we got turned away at the border. Ooh. We cancel a show and drive across North Dakota. Ouch. Yeah, that's never any so fun. So it was at a all. little. It actually was kind of fun. Yeah, it was really <laughs> since fun. nothing like really bad happened, but mm-hmm. at that time it didn't feel good. Yeah. But now it's like a nice memory. <laughs> yeah, we have a really cool picture from it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. How's uh, touring with Street Eater? It's dope. We've known them for like, I don't know, seven or eight years maybe. Maybe longer than that. Oh, wow. um, so a John, pretty long time. Yeah, we saw Megan, the drummer, play in this band called The Younger Lovers, who are still active. Jeez, um, a long time ago, we saw them play in Olympia. Yep. And that's how we met. That's what we met. We met Meg before we met John. I don't know how we stayed in touch, but they have a bu- they have, we have a lot of mutual friends and like uh, shell shag and yeah. And they always let us sleep at their house. Bands when like we Dead come Dog and stuff. California. Yeah. So. Um, and they tour a lot. They, they tour a lot, lot, and like we have the same buddies and interests. Yeah, run and in the same circle. Yeah. We hold the same morals. <laughs> yeah. Fit well together yeah. on a bill, sort of thing. Totally. What's on your a tour, especially? Oh, and yeah, even at course. dinner, we had a great dinner. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, everything's yeah. going great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Where'd you guys go for dinner? Some Indian place that was like really good. Yeah, it was actually quite nice. It's on like that main street. I don't know what it was called. Hmm. You should go. Delish. <laughs> may have been there already, hmm. actually. Been to a couple of the Indian places in town. Hmm. Hmm. What's your tour must have item? giant pillow we have a giant pillow that's been in the van ever since our first tour and it's the love of my life i love you giant pillow it was in, it was in my first ever room that wasn't a dorm room that i lived in by oh, cool. myself it's it's pretty big it's a big pillow you can put it in front of you and just kind of fall into it and fall asleep or you do a side sleep or you can use it to rest your arms. I also sometimes use it as a desk. If anything ever happened to it, I'd probably quit the band. Other than <laughs> just <laughs> kidding. Other than like, <laughs> other than our guitars and like the drum set, it's probably the one thing that has made it through our three bands and twelve years of touring. For some reason, we still have this pillow. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so comfy. <laughs> My friend. Is there any other <laughs> items that need to be in the van? Or? The no, no. The Just pillow the pillow. is life. <laughs> you love pillow? Yeah. Each other? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your favorite places to tour? We like to go everywhere. Um, today was really cool because, like I said, we've never been to Regina, so we've, we've never done the drive from, you know, where we got turned away last time, Portal, uh, North mm-hmm. Dakota. Uh, crossing over we've never done the drive from portal to regina 
and it was really beautiful. I could see for as far as the human eye possibly could, I think. <laughs> yeah. It was just mm-hmm. nothing for a long time. It's very flat here. Oh, I, yeah. really, farmland. I really look forward to getting to that part of the country kind of west of uh, west of what's the Pardon? province uh, that that is just east of here? Just east of here? Yeah. Um, east of here is Manitoba. Yeah. yeah. Manitoba. So west, if you drew a line from Manitoba down to Texas, that mm-hmm. whole part of the country west of continent. there, that whole part of the continent west of there before you hit the coast is like what I really look forward to. Nice. Not necessarily because of the shows, but I really just like the drives. I like that kind Mike, of, I like the big sky country. Yeah, Mike gets really okay. weepy about landscapes. Yeah. Beautiful <laughs> landscape. Not, I can understand not, that. It's beautiful. <laughs> land, can be, land can be wondrous. Yeah. Are you guys heading out west at all? Yeah. It's a dir- general BC? direction we're going in. You guys will love BC. You we're not. We're not going already. there on this tour. We're yeah. just oh. doing uh, Edmonton and Calgary, yeah. and then going headed back into the states from there. But we've been. Okay. We've, so been, to, we've been to Vancouver. <coughs> we'll see some mountains and whatnot while you're going through yeah. Alberta, then, which yeah. is always nice. Some forest. We'll, we'll yeah. see some mountains getting once we head into Montana. Um, but yeah, we we and we've played Vancouver a few times, and it's always been it's always been Wild. really interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take a little bit of a break from our interview from the screaming females. I have a couple more questions for Marissa, Mike, and Jarrett. Like, what is the best screaming females tour story? What inspires them as musicians and outside of music, or once again, lack thereof? What are their interests outside of music, and what is the future of the band? So, before we get back into our interview, we need to get to our book review of the week, which, like we said earlier in the day, today is going to be Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. If you want to suggest a book to us for our book review of the week, you can do so by emailing us here with your book suggestion to desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, you can email your book suggestions for book reviews of the week to desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. We hope you keep those coming in as next week's book review is actually going to be a fan suggestion and we are very excited to have our very first fan suggestion book to be read. It's actually going to be an audiobook like I had to do Fahrenheit 451 as I will be on the road. But have no frets as the shows will be released on Tuesdays and Thursday. That's right, we have a Tuesday guest next week as well. But we will let you know who that is at the end of the episode. Without further ado, let's get into Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Fahrenheit 451 is a very well-written book that is sort of takes place in the future in a somewhat dystopian society where houses are no longer burnable they are now fireproof and firemen now actually create fires and burn houses down rather than houses catching fire themselves this is because the firemen are trying to hide knowledge and books books have been deemed as evil in this society and make people unhappy apparently So it is decided that the firemen are going to burn the books 
and sometimes the people who own them or have them because they want to sacrifice. The world is very, one thing I noticed right away is the world is very closed off and broken and you can tell right away that the most vibrant person in the book right away is Clarice who opens up our main character Montag's eyes to the world and the possibilities within it and to the fact that what he believes is true happiness is actually just something he has been handed which is a kerosene hose and a large TV the size of his wall to which his wife refers to as the family. Everyone seems to be very jaded in this world. At one point, they, Montag even cries out to a woman, in a, or you lost your first husband in a divorce, you lost your second husband in a war, and you lost your third husband when he put a bullet through his head. It shows that these people have actually no care and just seem to move on from the world around them and are just take what they are handed and accept it as happiness. They are afraid to go outside of the means of what they are told or what they are handed because they are, it is unknown, and unfortunately books have become unknown, except in a very select few groups of people. It was a very interesting read, and I enjoyed it very much. It has a very like it kind of has to say like there's been a lot of bur book burning wannabes and people who have who have had book burnings in the past to try and hide certain knowledge that was against them or countered what they believed so they destroyed it in a manner to try and create something that was easier for them to control but as it always life finds a way and literature finds a way through Montag and the people he encounters. It's a very good read and I hope you would consider giving it a read and as it is something that actually might be possibly relevant in a world where dictatorship seems to be possibly on the rise again. So we need to be educated and know that Things like book burnings are very bad and need to be stopped and prevented. So we're not like the people in the book Fahrenheit 451 wishing that we would have fought against these oppressions and other things before they actually happen. I don't think it's actually going to happen in Canada. I hope not. But if you're somewhere where something like this ever does actually become a possibility, I hope you fight against it and I hope you join the good fight. Because literature and knowledge is something that the world needs and I believe that that is true happiness and joy and sometimes it leads to unhappiness because there's a lot of evil out there but you have to take the bad with the good. That is all I really have for the book review of the week this week. I gave Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury a solid 5 out of 5 stars, so I hope you will consider reading or listening to it on an audiobook, and we'll catch you next week with our book review of the week. Uh, what is the best screaming females to her story? One time, one, it's not the best by any means, but one time, one of those times that we played in Vancouver, I stepped in human excrement, Ooh. and then didn't realize it at first you know we just mm -hmm. got in the van 
and <laughs> I did a ri- <laughs> and I like put my feet up on the dashboard or something oh and ended up smearing. First you, first you crossed your legs. First I crossed my legs and rubbed it all over my pants. <laughs> then I put my feet up on the dashboard, and then Jared said, "What is that smell? It smells like asparagus." And, and then, then it started to smell and like then cheesy broccoli. broccoli soup or something. And then we realized. And then I touched the bottom of my shoe, and it was like cold and and wet and squishy. Okay. And, <laughs> and then it started to really reek. Like people are like, "How did you know it was human poop?" You're a like, hard "I you know. You, you know. You just know." And so then I realized it was just smeared all over the front of the van and all over my oh pants. My God. And then so we pulled into a gas station. Um, and Jared basically begged the people there to like lend us their their like all purpose cleaner and yeah, some like their paper towels, cleaning supplies. <laughs> Almost all of the tour stories that we'd probably feel comfortable sharing with like a someone who's interviewing us involve poop Shit. or vomit. It's <laughs> odd <laughs> so that that's not because there's anything super with. saucy. <laughs> well, it, like some involve you know, you're gonna gossip. Yeah. Well, I don't expect you to. Yeah, I, no, no, you would. Anyone on yeah, from US lost, Weekly, right? what's going on here? We're just talking about poop. <laughs> <laughs> when I walked into that gas station, normally, I feel like normally if you walked into a gas station at 2.30 in the morning and said, can I use your cleaning supplies? <laughs> they would probably say no, but I think the look on my face said, this guy really needs some cleaning don't supplies. Don't worry. That you probably Meanwhile, had. I was in their bathroom <laughs> washing the bottom of my shoe in their sink. <laughs> and then we... We ended up, we, we rarely stay in hotels, but uh, mm-hmm. we, that night we drove out of Canada, um, and so Em got a room, and I just got in, and like, luckily they had laundry there, and I just stayed up doing laundry. We stepped in poop a bunch of times on that trip together. Yeah, I started carrying an extra toothbrush on tour so that I can clean the bottom of my shoes. When you step in poop. After I step in poop. <laughs> because when I, when, poop I, when I walk, I look up <gasps> for some reason, so I often miss the poop on yeah. the ground. Marissa and I... Luckily, Jared and I are always <laughs> looking down. <laughs> You've learned from his mistakes. No, well, we, so we just watch out for him while we're down there. <laughs> we're just curled over a lot. Just need yeah. the, I just need them a few steps ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what inspires you guys as musicians? Other musicians. Yeah, our friends who play music, and our friends who make art and like and beautiful uh, landscapes. Yeah, beautiful landscapes. Uh, yeah. Inspiration's overrated. <laughs> I was okay because I was actually gonna ask a lot you of what of of music. A lot of uh, a lot of making art. I feel like there's this story about all the inspiration and the sudden moments and whatever, but a lot of it is really just uh, working. You know, mm-hmm. hours and hours of work. Yeah. Like, uh, every song that we record now, we go through many, many versions of. We play it out live. We bring it back to our rehearsal space. Work on it again. Do demos. It's uh, very. I think I think a very small amount of art ends up being inspiration. Yeah, I think a lot of people are another misconception that like every time you sit down in front of like painting or like a demo or something and you're just like 
just full of creative fever. <laughs> and sometimes you're just like, you're just, yeah, you're just like, oh, I gotta do this thing for like Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just do it, and like sometimes it ends up being good, and sometimes yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Okay. But the inspiration, but that's in addition to what they already said about having very inspiring friends and uh, mm-hmm. music around you. But that only takes you so far, and then it just is. It's just a kick in the butt. Yeah. Well, that's it, is having some hardworking individuals around you inspires you <coughs> to be hardworking and makes you want to write, and then you kind of become your own inspiration, right? Yeah, I'd say that's right. Yeah, yeah, you got someone breathing down you know. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are coming for you. Yeah. Accountability as inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Friends hold you accountable for making art. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it is you got to kind of keep up with everyone else and yeah, stay yeah, in. We the like loop. to treat we like to treat uh, <laughs> we like to treat our band as kind of like a competition. So <laughs> a friend of ours put puts out a really good album, and then we set out to top that. <laughs> it's a good way to do it, I guess. But they can't put set the bar better than us. <laughs> <laughs> so like, gotta go How record dare some they? better songs. <laughs> yeah, like we're all equals here, but we're here to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As musicians, we're equal, but we're number one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got it. Being number two is the first loser, and we have no interest in that. <laughs> what are your guys' interests outside of music? I like sewing. I like napping. Napping is amazing, so mm. I can attest to that. <laughs> I like camping and hiking. Mm, good choice. I make t-shirts. That's a and screen printing but I like to do it hey, it's, oh, if you cool. enjoy doing it it's it can be a hobby right yeah. it's like I like woodwork and I'm a carpenter technically so <laughs> wow cool <laughs> what can you make um can you make a CD rack probably can cool. my girlfriend wants me to make like an entertainment rack for like her like record player and like her si- system and everything so because yeah, they don't really make any of those anymore. Yeah, I want you to. <laughs> they don't really yeah. make those anymore, so. Yeah. I just made it's hard one to find of, a good one. Had a black pipe. Oh, really? You know what I'm talking oh. about? It's classy. It looks nice. I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, so, you guys read or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you guys had a couple books? Wuthering Heights? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm like reluctantly reading Wuthering Heights. My dad told me to just watch the movie. <laughs> Hmm. Books not but, as interesting. No, I mean I'm like I'm I'm in I'm invested in the drama now. I definitely don't read enough, that's for sure. But well, it's hard to when you're on the road constantly. Uh, it I, shouldn't be as hard as it is for me. Well, but but it there's is. always music playing and there's yeah. always like some conversation going on. I have a tough time reading on tour. I, I, I get more reading done at home for sure. I get more reading done on tour. <laughs> and what do you guys like to read? Jared's been on a bit of a sci-fi kick. He got me into the Ursa, Ursula K. Le Guin uh, series the, uh, about the Envoy. What's the series called? Uh, uh, Left-handed darkness and the dispossessed or whatever, or part of a series. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I forget what it's called. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to look it up. Usually, I, all I can think of right now is the Earth Sea Cycle, which is one of her other series. Right. And so my brain is only thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look her up. We do a Thursday book review oh, every week. Oh, so. she's amazing. She's Street Eater's new album is actually a concept album based on her work. Really? Yeah. Huh. She was like a sort of utopianist, but not perfect utopias sci-fi writer. Okay. Uh, having a lot to do with political structures and the, the but like through 
personal characters, and she dealt a lot with subjects that are now sort of more um, in vogue to talk about. But she, in the seventies was a lot different. Yeah, in fifties, sixties, seventies. Yeah, um, talking about race, talking about gender, things like that. It's hmm. interesting. Uh, what is the future of the screaming? Females. No future. <laughs> <laughs> no future. <laughs> uh, we'll probably just do the same thing we do every night, Pinky. <laughs> take over just the try world. Try take over the world. <laughs> nice. Uh, your last release was in 2015. Any uh, releases in the future expected since right. you guys dropped well, the single? Well, our last release was. Black Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, <laughs> just a sing- that's just a single, though. That's, so I'm just that's wondering all we, if we're. That's all you need. That's all, we all got that matters on, anyway. That's all we got on the horizon. These days. Okay. Right now. I was just wondering if it was a part Fitness, of something bigger. A lot of bigger, the songs or... they play doesn't even say album anymore. Yeah, it's no. just a single. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you dropped a single every month, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. On Patreon. Yeah. Protest the Hero tried doing that on Bandcamp for like six months ago. How'd it go? I'm not sure how it went for him. There's a lot of people who were very negative feedback about the whole thing, just because they couldn't have the whole album at once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people like That's to binge watch. Jay Retard <laughs> did true. it. A lot of people are very uh, impatient, it seems. Me too. <laughs> you guys seem to be uh, kind of politically charged and involved. You guys recently wrote, wrote a song about the release of Chelsea Manning. You guys oh, wait, the song's that? not about... Uh, it's not about that. You guys just released it for the. Yeah, but we contributed, contributed to to the comp, to yeah. The comp yeah, for sure. Okay, well uh, that's always a good idea. You yeah. guys like, how are you guys like, otherwise like politically involved? Um, I think just like, li- I mean, as far as lyrics are concerned, being in a band for twelve years, at some point you grow weary, or some people do grow weary about writing about yourself. It kind of seems like very indulgent, like, uh, trying to be mo- like more compassionate and giving and think about like the people who are like do, doing us a great favor and listening to our music and being like how can I like construct like uh, some some lyrics that are relatable f- the universally like across mm-hmm. the board for everybody so I think about that a lot and you know my personal life in the context of the reality that we all share um, that's like the kind of stuff that I try to write about rather than being like I'm sad today or like someone like so and so made me feel upset like those themes just seem kind of like trite and like boring to me at Mm -hmm. this point um and yeah so it just so happens that I guess a lot of those things kind of like uh, lean on some aspects of politics but okay I mean there's a lot of politics uh that's more than uh, kind of what we're what we're handed as being like political, so it's sort of hard to answer this well, question because true. Um, it's like, do we all hate Donald Trump? Yes, but there's a. We've also all been doing a lot of stuff through the way we treat people and the way we encounter the world that I would think is political, but it's harder to put your finger on exactly what that is. It's harder to throw it as a slogan on a t-shirt or something. Mm -hmm. But the way we operate our band is becoming more and more different than the way like a lot of the small music industry operates. This show tonight, we booked ourselves, we put it out there on the internet, we 
said, can anybody help us in this area of the world? And some people wrote back and said, let's do it. And uh, now we're here, you know, mm -hmm. and that kind of, um, and that kind of relationship is something that a lot of people are kind of like not as interested in because it doesn't have like the same definite financial whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bands now that want to play New York, Chicago, LA, and then do festivals, you know? And they have management and they have lawyers and they have all these things. And I just think that uh, while everybody needs to say fuck Donald Trump, we also need to be in our own personal lives and in our industries treating each other in a different way. And it's kind of like everybody out for themselves trying to figure out who, how they can make a buck as quick as possible is not the kind of relationship that is going to foster a community and most importantly like not sustainable. So it's hard, like I said, it's hard right? to put a finger on exactly what that all means without like talking about it for hours and years. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it takes a village sort of thing, right? Is it's if yeah. people are toxic, it's going to make the entire environment toxic, and who wants to be involved in that? Yeah, I think more and more today, uh, basic human empathy is an extremely political statement, and I think that's something that we try and exhibit a lot of. And I think, okay. I think you see uh, an extreme lack of empathy in the world, and it's kind of what brought us to where to where we are into this trash fire of a of a world that we live in. That's it is a lot of people less started thinking about we and more instead of me. Yeah. And they're more out for personal gain than trying to make sure that everybody is in a good spot and surviving and healthy and happy and well, that's the American dream. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is and, and it's the same thing up here is it's people making money off of the backs of the hardworking and those who actually believe in the dream. Yeah. So, I mean, it's important to stick to, to have a uh, broad vision, but I think right now, because the, uh, it, you know, because there's so many, you know, between nuclear war, environmental disaster, uh, capitalists, like just uh, accumulation destroying so many people, there's so many of these giant broad things that <coughs> seem like some, either like they're just going to take us all down at any moment, but I think it's important to not forget that like the next person you meet or the person who helps you out with a show, uh, how you treat them is going to be probably the, the most important thing that you can do today, you know, or that I can mm -hmm. do today. Well, what you put out comes back, right? In a way, Sometimes. sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more... Hopefully. I, uh, yeah, hmm. And not on like a one-to-one -one basis, but on like a wider scale. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to be one-to-one -one because it's like, I feel it's like you need three bad things for every one good thing because, <laughs> yeah. because the good thing gets you through so much more. I wonder yeah. if they have a ratio for that yet. I don't know. <laughs> like, actually, it is three to one. You it actually it. is three to one. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you guys also were very vocal about the attack on Planned Parenthood and other social services um, and raised quite a bit of money about that one. Talk about the importance of services like Planned Parenthood in America and just in general. I mean, that's pe people trying to destroy Planned Parenthood isn't anything new. I think it just came into the spotlight once like we had a tyrannical dictator. <laughs> in an office. Well, I think uh, it's par also partially the fact that you guys had eight years of the other direction where there was a lot of help towards 
the whole like helping people who weren't ready yeah i mean it's kind of state by state i guess it depends where you live i think there are but we 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 are friend caleb used what did caleb used to do he moved to South Dakota because there's there at the time there was yeah, only no, one clinic yeah, only in South one. Dakota that offered uh, abortion services, and he uh, lived in the middle of in this really tiny town in South Dakota. They had organized with people, and they just basically spent all their time not when they weren't just like working at this pizza place, uh, putting together funds and transportation and all kinds of stuff for women who needed to get to those clinics um, or that clinic or, or or get them across the border, depending on where they were in the state. But, I mean, uh, it's coming up right now because uh, it's not even worth getting all into, but essentially <laughs> uh, it's going to be much harder uh, for women to get uh, birth control, as pr which is like guaranteed under uh, the Affordable Care Act because of exemptions for religious reasons, not just as an organization, but as somebody who owns a business. Uh, you can say that you have a religious ex objection. Um, to birth control and not provide it to your employees. Uh, so there's a big attack right now. And ultimately, all these arguments, the most important thing to remember is that bodily autonomy is like the basis of freedom um, for people. And that's why when we put people in jail is to deny them the right to their own bodies. So if you tell somebody who can have children that they must have children, you're also denying them their autonomy to their body and it's essentially just a different sort of prison it's like oh, the only thing doubt. you have it is it's your own choice and it's your own control it's and the only thing you show you up control it's the only thing you show up with and the only thing you leave with you gotta mm -hmm. take good control of it and you, why should somebody else be telling you what you can and can't do with it unless so. you're on a makeover show <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> but those, you kind of just sign away your rights. Yeah. <laughs> it's a damn shame. Damn shame. They just took away everything and they put on makeup and now I just... Uh, Self-confidence is all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think that's pretty much all I have for, for you guys today cool. since uh, the music's probably about to start. Yeah, so like it. Before cool. we get... I'm glad we could... Yeah, sorry about the confusion. Thanks a lot. No worries. Yeah. I'm glad we could pull this off. It's it was nice pleasure. meeting all yeah. of you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Nice having you on the show. That was my fault about the confusion. I'm no sorry. worries <laughs> at all. I hope you guys have a great show tonight yeah. and I hope yeah, you have a good rest of your tour. Oh, hell yeah. Alright, awesome. All right, huge shout out to Marissa, Mike, and Jarrett of the Screaming Females for joining us when they were in Regina recently and played the club on Sunday evening. They put on a great show and so did Street Eater. If you are in Missoula this evening, you can catch them at the Union Club. You can catch them in Washington in either Spokane or Seattle on the 13th or 14th. On the 15th, they're playing Mississippi Studios in Portland, Oregon. On the 16th, Outer Space in Arcata, California. The 17th, Starline in Oakland, California. And they also have a bunch of shows from the 18th to November 1st. So if you are in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Florida, or North Carolina, you should definitely check these guys out as both acts are fantastic and they usually play with great opening acts as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast and thank you, the listener, for joining us here once again on the Desert Tiger Podcast because it is truly you that gives us the ability to do these interviews and interviews musicians as big as the Screaming Females.
We are very excited to announce that our next show on Tuesday will be with University of Regina Rams quarterback Noah Picton. We hope that you rate, review, and subscribe to the show on either iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And until next time, I am your host, Colton Geschwantner, and whoop whoop!